Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome 
to the God at the center of our creativity series. It's under our everyday life category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, we talk about how to put God at the center of our creativity in art, music, cinema, and all other forms of audio and visual creativity. Today, our world has and is still trying to eliminate God from every sphere of life, from abolishing prayer in public schools to censorship of the name Jesus and all faith talk in workplaces. The moral code of Exodus chapter 20, which is the foundation for all modern civilization, moral and ethical values, is considered by many as a cake and no longer applicable to the desires and wants of the 21st century. God's guiding principles in the Bible that pertain to life and godliness, some would argue that the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, needs to update his manual. In this series, we start with the art industry and we find out the validity of this argument. Is it really true that in order to thrive in art, music, and cinema, we have to leave God outside the door? This dilemma is what our first guest dealt with early on in her career as an artist and musician, when she was often told she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be more creative. However, one might argue that we've seen this trick play before. You see, back in the Garden of Eden, after God had created Adam and Eve, Satan, the devil, appeared to Eve and planted a seed of doubt that the reason God didn't want Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil was that God didn't want them to become like him. And yet in the previous chapter in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28, God had clearly stated the opposite. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. It seems Satan is back to using his oldest trick in the book by convincing the Marses that their creativity in art, music, and cinema will only blossom if they ignore the creator of man and the universe. Is this really true? If this is true, are we really deeply satisfied with the fruit of lasciviousness? Has it been worth opening the floodgates of no restraint to usher in demons of wild imaginations and unquenchable appetites? Is losing a whole generation to mental illness, anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem as a result of this, is it worth it? Has it been worth it that we have gained the whole world but lost our souls? I mean, it's certainly foolish to believe that the creator who created offspring creators wouldn't want them to create, when at the very beginning that was one of his mandates to mankind. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it says, God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Man's eyes have never been satisfied by nature's beauty and the visible elements of our galaxy. Nature and the sky above it are a daily source of soul nourishment for many. Maybe, just maybe, 
now is the time to invite our creator and father back into all spaces of, of creativity to teach us how we can create not just beautiful but how to create soul nourishing art music cinema and any other form of visual and audio entertainment Sin has an unmistakable way of leaving its aftertaste in mouths that once only knew to speak true. Just one bite, sinking teeth deep into deceit, and the mouth is made over in shipwreck. Lost at sea along the warring waves, the tongue makes away from the shore. Behold the hurricane sin made in the hearts of men. So hell-bent on being like God, but apart from him, they hymn praise to anything but him. They peel and eat trees' feast as if it was never poison. When asked what they did, they offer the sins of others, smothered in sin's aftertaste, reeking of the most bitter kind of sweet. Their lips stained the shade of impassioned, compassionless fruit. God warned them never to taste, lest their love for him and one another go to waste, left to rot and cry out from the ground God's soul's last kissed when he was found walking, looking for the lost loves of his eternal life, knowing their sin, knowing he'd make wine of the fruit they chose over him, knowing he'd take the cup of wrath they unknowingly willed from his hands, knowing in the end they'd stand again, their mouths unstained, his love unchanged, their love unchained. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. Told the devil when I see him on sight. I've been working for you my whole life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. I've been working for you my whole life.
save this world today. Power. Jesus, you're the only power, power. that can save this world today. Power. You're the only power, power that can save this world today. Previously on our last episode. Growing up and sort of coming to what I think is sort of a climactic journey in God and art and sort of the war over my soul between the two. Um, it was a very painful experience, but a really important reckoning. And at the end of it all, I was ready to walk away from art until the Lord pulled me back and was just like, no, 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 you belong here because I belong here. Creativity <laughs> is what I instated. Wow. But when you think about it. God as creator, which is what we believe, that he created the heavens and the earth and that all that we see came from the word of his power. So if we believe that and truly believe it, why would we not submit our creativity to the Lord? Why would we not lean on his lens to even understand what true creativity is and what art is? This is episode two of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. In this episode, we continue our discussion with our guest, Kira Faith Wharton, who's the founder of Full Faith Forward and Fortify. We're talking to Kira about her vision and mission, which is to put God at the center of our creativity in art. Early on in her career, Kira was often told that she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be a better artist, that this relationship with the Lord would only hinder her as an artist. So on the verge of walking away from her passion for art, God pulled her back and told her, you belong here because I belong here. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Well, I, I did warn you guys at the beginning. I said, fasten your seatbelt because, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just a blessing to have Kira on here. Oh, I've God, had her talk and the moment she just starts sharing uh, 
the vision and, and the enlightenment that God's really put on our heart. Um, Glory to God. Thank you. I'm, I'm just really thankful that we have someone that God has uh, really peeled back the curtain for all of us. And, and she's, this, she is a vessel that, you know, uh, is, at the feet of God and, 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 and God is just really opening up all our eyes through all of these things. So I really continue to encourage you to stay at the feet of God, just stay in the throne room. Um, you say so much. Uh, let me just uh, kind of touch a little bit on, on all of these things as, as making some notes as you're talking, you're talking about it's unsustainable in a sense of, when we try to go past the first thing you say is that well the serpent the devil satan who was lucifer comes in into the garden deceives uh eve adam wasn't deceived because adam knew what god had said eve wasn't didn't hear those words that god said to adam so deceives eve and tells him god doesn't want you to be like him mm-hmm. and yet you yeah. Verses before that, God had said, let us make man, let us create man in our own image. Yes. Basically handed all the keys to him. Yeah. And, and so you were saying that we, our desire to push, that's exactly what, again, you said that's what got uh, Satan, who was formerly Lucifer, kicked out of heaven, was he had his place and he was trying to ascend to be the alpha mm-hmm. and you're saying once we go past this place whereby it's it's this place of not trusting that well has god given us enough again it's the you know now we could go into like how all these thoughts come to our mind because we we know that uh a lot of this pride a lot of these thoughts come from the father of all lies as the scripture says it's mm-hmm. satan is the mm-hmm. father of all lies so these thoughts are to to bombard us that well, being man is not enough. Now let's see if we can get to being God. And when we already like mini gods, like we can already do uh, so much of what he does in that if we really, if we really uh, grew our faith and had all the revelation knowledge that we need that, you know, like 120 years, no one of the, some of those people in the, old comedy they used to live till the, they were like 900 years it's like you would mm-hmm. need to live that long to fully even start no, i don't think you would still be able to exhaust the power that god has put into our hands but you're saying something along it's not sustainable even if we try to get to the point it's not sustainable and you, you're saying we push past these boundaries and and the what was coming to my mind, what came to mind was we're pushing past these boundaries because we think that God has held back. Mm. That that there is something that maybe there's something he hid from us when he said uh, sex between man and woman, marriage between man and woman. So we're like, hmm, there's gotta be something beyond this that he doesn't want us to find out. Yeah. And most people look at those boundaries. It's kind of like 
Well, we do that in the nature. It's always very interesting for me is all the things we accept and we abide by in our natural world, like speed limits. Mm. Every time you start to take the conversation into faith, God, belief system, it's almost now that's area where we don't think speed limits apply. But people mm. always forget that the natural world is actually crafted by the spirit realm. So it's like everything that we see in the physical world is a copy of something that already exists in the spirit realm. So like people would appreciate uh, a speed limit. Like if you, if they removed all the, the speed limits off of every road and it's like, well, you're going around a bend and they didn't put like, you know, like 30 miles per hour or, or 20 miles per hour. And they just let you just go around that bend and you just wrap your car around that cliff and off you go. Like, yeah. like it's weird how it's just it's it's deception that we accept those speed limits in the natural right but once it comes to a higher realm of life then it's like oh i, I don't want i don't want any speed limits well mm -hmm. i i i i want to explore my sexuality as as much as i want i don't want any speed limits like you don't know nothing about it well before they put you never knew anything about speed limits it's so true but, but someone some you don't know you're not in the construction industry you don't know anything about the speed limits like all you do is say okay they say i should go 30 and you trust them and it has never killed you because you abide by that speed limit but it's now once we start to get into territory where it's like now we're talking about sex we're talking about uh, the kind of content we're consuming, then it's like, oh no, no, I don't want any speed limits there. It's it's um, but you're saying capacity and how when we push past these boundaries, we're not able to sustain it. And I think what people forget is God doesn't say, you know, give us those boundaries or those speed limits, those cautionary limits, because he doesn't want us to know what is beyond the point that he's saying. It's almost like if your eyes see that kind of perversion, you will never come back. Exactly. It's, it's like if your eyes see those things, it's, you, you, you can go to all the counselors you want to. There's a part of you that you'll never be able to recover from. And it's all, and then once we get into that territory, like, you know, when it comes to a lot of the mental illnesses happening, is we try to solve them with man's solution, but it's like you've crossed past a point whereby no human solution can cure you from what your eyes have seen, maybe from what you have done to yourself, that if it's not God, like, he's the only one that can pull you back from that point. And now the problem becomes if you don't even believe in the person who can help you when you've gone past a point of no return. And, and you were saying something along, uh, uh, you say we become free when we're no longer controlled by thinking that, well, you know, like when we don't push past this, past these boundaries. I used to think of someone, 
just from my own personal experience, at the beginning, it was always a struggle for me because I always felt that God had so many rules. It's like, mm. why? It almost felt like there was so many do nots. Yeah. And, <laughs> and of course, a lot of those were by religion before I dumped religion and just said, I'm just going to do relationship. Brother, if you listen to this and, you, and you're being bound by religion, let go of religion, come over to relationship. It's, it's all about relationship with God. That's where you find freedom. And you're talking about sin. And it was almost like at the beginning when, when I used to think about, well, why doesn't God want me to do this? Why, doesn't, why is he telling me all of this? It's because I, I didn't have an understanding of sin and what it can do to you. Mm. And it's almost now that the more knowledge I have about sin and what it does to you, it's, it's so liberating because I feel like I don't want to associate with sin because I know it's from the devil. I know that it's, it's from him. He, the prompts come from him. And so it's almost like before I used to be like, oh, why is God holding out on me? Why is God holding out on me? And now it's almost like, oh, thank God. Because now my, mm-hmm. I have an understanding. And I think Romans really there in chapter 12 where it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that has really helped me is that the more I learn about sin and the more I learn about my capacity as a human being, it's actually for my benefit. I'm free. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm free. I have more room to roam. I don't know, what, what do you think about, because I'm trying to po- put all these things together. There's so many things that you're saying, you know, it's not sustainable when you push past these boundaries, our capacity. Um, for instance, let's just use an, an example of Instagram and, and kind of like the content that's on there and how at a certain point, even, even if we're not talking about um, explicit content, just as human beings, we've not been created to take in so much content. Like there's always this fear of, of missing out FOMO as they call it, mm-hmm. but it's like, even me who's, um, I'm not, I, I go on social media just to kind of get, 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 you know, get the gauge the temperature of kind of what's happened. Let's say news, even people who love the news so much at a certain point, they've taken in so much news about COVID that their system can't take any more. Like mm-hmm. they, you, they can't even force feed themselves COVID news because you've had this thing, this negative, depressing thing for the last two years. And it's almost like just as a human being and how you've been created, you've reached your capacity. But it's almost like the news media just don't get it. They're like, no, every day we'll update you. Well, you think you're doing a good thing, but people have literally tapped out. They, we just can't take any more. And if we can't take any more bad news, just about COVID, you can just extrapolate that to all these other areas of like, how many music videos you're gonna expose your mind to from let's say the moment you are 10 or 11, all the way to 18 of just explicit content in music, just listen to this. You, you, you're gonna sear your conscience to a point of no return and the world never really comes back and gives you the stats on it's almost like once you go off the cliff, well, you got off the cliff by yourself, but it's like they were 
adding all these logs into the fire from when you're young. And now it's like, once you get past the point of no return, then it's like, now the world discards you. Then it's like, oh, that mm -hmm. person. It, it, it's, it's, it's that continuous deception. Now, when we're talking about, let's say art, where it's like, we want to push the boundaries of art and see how much can we sexualize art? How much can creativity, you know, how, how, how much can we just, when you put on a song, when everything you listen to is just explicitly painting the picture for you, it's like we're trying to go past a place where like our capacity just as human beings just can't take anymore. And I think so much of that stems from sin pushing us towards our own destruction and yes. then deceiving us into thinking that that's normal. There's so much here. I'm not going to try and bite it all off at the same time. Um, but I definitely know that there's so much of that same destructive and fascination with destruction and unmaking things and deconstructing in a way that is destructive. There's a lot mm. of fascination with that in art. Um, and I think that it ends up yielding things that are entertaining and fascinating and can transfix people. But we have to ask ourselves, what is this transforming us into? Because everything that you're taking in is impacting you. It's doing what in so many ways food does for the body. I mean, metaphors abound. It's really beautiful, these ways in which the Lord has made the world to reflect the truth of the world as he has created it and the truth of who he is in so many ways as well. And so existing and life is just so rich with metaphors, including this one of the ways that what we eat, um, it impacts how our body even functions. Like I was watching something earlier today on how the food that you eat is impacting the like functionality of your gut. It's impacting your hormone levels. It's impacting all these different inner workings, these uh, intersecting systems at work in your body to keep you alive. What you put in the tank impacts yeah. how you're going to run. It impacts the performance. And so what we are digesting, what we are consuming as art in so many ways is giving rise to culture that just continues to fuel art, which continues to fuel culture. It's this constant feedback. But when essentially it's like, we're essentially feeding on ourselves, almost get this picture of like kind of these snakes that are both eating each other's tail. That's essentially mm. what we've created and what we are creating. It's a constant cycle of destruction that's just feeding itself into oblivion. And the question is like, what, what ultimately is being created? How sustainable is this when we're constantly venturing further to feed these bottomless appetites for destruction that's only ever going to feed on us, feed on the planet, feed on everything that we were originally given to steward? How do we answer this in a way that is meaningful and in a way that is going to essentially counter this movement towards destruction? The answer begins with God. <laughs> the answer begins with him because in so many ways, sin is antithetical to his essence. God comes to bring life. Sin comes to take it away. 
God comes yeah. to build. God comes to create. Sin comes to destroy. God comes to unify. Sin comes to bring division and the enemy with it. He is the agent of just this constant battle with sin. And it's his job to constant the, to constantly tempt us and push us more towards the sin that is already destroying us from within. So we really can't help but destroy ourselves and lean towards that destruction without the Lord's intervention and without his nature creating things that essentially challenge that in us and give us the mirror that we so desperately need so we can see and recognize, wow, pushing boundaries really isn't what it's cracked up to be. This deception that ultimately by doing this and by venturing into these different modes of even looking at art and looking at people and looking at life, I'm somehow becoming like God. And it's like, no, not only are we far, farthest from the original intent behind God making us in his image, but we are also farthest from even understanding our creator. Yeah. So much of the grievousness of what the enemy even did, just this egregious deceit, it wasn't just about the tree. The enemy was inferring so much about the character of God in the lies that he told about the tree and about its fruit. With the knowledge of good and evil, that tree, by presenting that as something that the Lord is withholding, when the Lord is constantly saying and demonstrating these ways in which he is a good father, benevolent, generous, here to bring abundance. And we see that. Yes. How many trees can y'all eat from again? Every single one in the garden, except this one. But of course, <laughs> here comes the enemy to make the one you can't eat from somehow weighing. It, he gives mm -hmm. it more weight than all of this other abundance that you have. And then uses that to trick you, not just into believing that you've been lied to about this tree, but that God is the liar. And really the true liar is in front of you. It's so crafty, the ways that the enemy is still doing that, presenting himself as friend to help us understand these ways in which God has been out here bamboozling us this whole time. And in reality, we are in the middle of the con. The con started the second the enemy started suggesting to us anything that exalts itself above the knowledge that we have in God and in who he is and in who mm -hmm. he is constantly showing himself to be. Like, check his resume. He is the same <laughs> from <laughs> age. He's not, he's not switching it up. So there's this beauty in beholding God as he is and remembering him as he is, our savior, the faithful one who is our fortress and our father and our friend. There's this real beauty in believing God is exactly who he is and believing that creativity, much like life, is supposed to be experienced abundantly. That's the gift that he's come to give us. And if we will just receive him, we can have it and have it for free and freely. And that's just, that's so important. Wow. It's... Um... I loved it when you say, well, check his resume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, that that ties into something that I just wanted to, to, to add to what you said, which is no human being that has ever lived on this planet. If you, if let's say human, human beings were born and you put all of us together, 
and mm -hmm. we had never seen what this world looks like. And you give us all the tools, you give us science, you give us technology, rewind the clock. All the mountains are like, all the mountains don't exist, the rivers, the plants, none of that. And you told us, here you go, all 7.7 .7 billion of you mm. create a world. None of us, not, not just one of us, if you put all of us together, and we had never seen anything that God created. None of us yeah. could have created a better world than we have. It's so true. And just that alone, I think is just it I think just that alone is gives us a place to say, hey, I think we have so much room, even with God at the center of creativity, because we still I mean, people, these people who just can't get enough of nature to the point whereby they have started to worship nature, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and nature is beautiful. And it's, and, and, and so if, if we can't even get enough of what he's shown us so far, it's almost saying, yes, there's still so much room. Now it's going to be about, now this is, the problem I guess you're going after, which is, and which kind of segues into a break. And then our next question, which is how do we do creative work with God in mind? Mm, <laughs> because the thing, what, where we've gotten to right now is the world, I think we've been seared, our conscience uh, as a world has been seared to the point whereby we don't even know we need like the good that we need. We don't know that we need it. Mm. We don't even know if it will be good to us. If we, if we will enjoy it, it's almost like you don't know that music can be good and still uplift you and still pump you up. If you take all the curse words out. Mm. Cause I, 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 I think I shared this experience. I, I might've shared this with you where uh, I started uh, working out at, at, at the gym and I, I'll yeah. bring my speaker and the lady there, uh, it was like, you know, different like Christian like hip hop music, upbeat hip hop house. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a playlist that had all of this. And she was so hyped. Everybody in the gym was so hyped to it. And everybody just, you know, you still get your pump on and you, you know, you get the adrenaline boost and what, what you want to call it. And she she's not even a Christian, but she just kept asking me about this playlist. I think for the first time, okay. she's like, you mean there is such music without hearing all these F-bombs and just these, these words, curse words yeah. and being thrown around? It was so pure. It was almost as like the purity of the music it's almost like the music didn't steal away from your workout. Like the music just enhanced it rather than painting these images in your mind where they just are corruptive. And, and, and so, yeah, so we're going to take a break here and then we'll come back and talk about how do we do creative work with God in mind. 
I'm really excited to get into that and the ways <laughs> that art can edify, like in your experience. I mean, it's one thing when art can entertain, but what if it could edify you as well and bless you and give wow. you something, like give your soul to chew on eternally. That's that's the goal. So I look forward to talking about it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. In the next episode, we'll continue the discussion with our guest, Kira, on the subject of putting God at the center of our creativity, the challenges she's dealt with, and her encouragement towards other artists that are seeking to create art with meaning. This was episode two of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Oh